it's the next level. This must be my reward for good behavior, huh? I guess I earned myself some goodwill for finally drawing that map for Anna. What map? To my balloon. Did you know? Wow, you guys have some real trust issues, don't you? Guess it makes sense she didn't tell you. I mean, with the two of you fighting all the time. Of course, if I was one of them, these people that you seem to think are your enemies, what would I do? Well, there'd be no balloon. So I'd draw a map to a real secluded place, like a cave or some underbrush. A good place for a trap, an ambush. And when your friends got there, a bunch of my people would be waiting for them. And then they'd use them to trade for me. I guess it's a good thing I'm not one of them, huh? You guys got any milk? Welcome everyone once again as we head back to the island from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howe. To, uh, this week we are covering season... Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're already off I to was, a great start. I was not... I wasn't ready. <laughs> Do you want to start this over? Week, oh, go, keep going. This week, we are covering Season 2, Episode 16, The Whole Truth of Our Lost Rewatch. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, well, <laughs> We're already off to I, a great start. I don't know what happened. Like I was, I was looking at the agenda, and I still <laughs> screwed it up. So. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, we like to leave outtakes in, so it works. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I'm, good. Um, I'm excited because I know we took the week off last week, but, uh, you know, we're, we're back to it this week. And I'm even more excited because I get to see you as well as a bunch of other people in person this weekend. Yay! I know. Fun. It's going to be really fun. I think by the time people are actually, by the time this is online and people are listening to this, you and your husband are going to be already on your way or gearing up to leave to come up this way. Yes. Which yes. I'm excited really excited it's gonna be a really good time yeah it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun and the cool thing about it is too that our next podcast uh we're gonna be recording while you're here so it's gonna be in person yes which is gonna be a that lot will of fun. be interesting we'll probably start throwing shit at each other <laughs> probably i'm really excited for it and it's a good episode to do it too oh so. it's locked <clears throat> lockdown which yeah mm -hmm. is a fantastic episode yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm excited. But you know, as in regards to to this episode, first and foremost, real quick, uh, obviously this is a spoilerful podcast, so we do talk about the past of the show as well as the future episodes of the show. So if you are not, if this is your first watch of Lost, uh, we appreciate you spending it with us, but we do apologize ahead of time for anything we might ruin for you um, as we're talking about this. But <clears throat> you know, we talk about next week being an amazing episode. This week, I think, was kind of. It's a good episode. It, it's not like an amazing episode, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I look. It, it has. It's very Jin and Sun centric. So I obviously love those episodes a little bit more than I love your average episode. And it has a really good B story. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, if if nothing else, uh, and this is one of my notes, and we can use this to kind of kick it off, is that. This episode, more than anything else, I think shows us as viewers how far Jin and Sun have come mm, in just a I short amount of time. Agree. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And you know what's funny is that I had this in my notes as well. So we can just start off with yeah, yeah. Uh, Jin and Sun. But um, Jin 
Jen goes back to old habits, right? Old yeah. ha- the, There's a saying, old habits die hard. But in this case, it wasn't from a feeling of control. It was from a feeling of him being scared. Um, you know, sin- they, they said, let's see, Ana Lucia told Locke, I've been here for over a week now. So not a lot of time has gone by since Shannon died, since um, son's attack. That, you know, Charlie did. So what's it's only been a couple of days. So Jen, I think, is in the right for being scared of her being alone in her garden since that's where they attempted or where her attack took place. But he does it in a way that is very reminiscent of how he used to be when they lived in Korea. So it was a it was nice to see Jen realize his mistake at the end when he says I'm fixing a mistake I I really enjoyed the fact that he realized that he went too far he knew why he went too far and he rectified it and it that to me shows the most of how far like you said how far they've come yeah I I agree with you completely I think it it's it's really weird to think about too as you mentioned because I didn't even really put that together that you're right there has really only been a week maybe at the most Mm-hmm. That has passed through all this. And when you th- when you put it into that perspective, I, I do I already agreed with with Jin's reasoning behind it or why he reacted the way he did and and reacting out of fear. But you know, at the same time, when you put it in the perspective that it has only been a week, man, that really shines a light on Sun and the fact that she was attacked in her garden and in less than a week, she's already back to doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like that shows that that woman herself has no fear. Like she, she's not going to let anything like that control her. She's going to go right back to what she was doing. Cause I know me personally, if I was attacked in a garden, I'm not going back to that garden for a while. Yeah, you're right. And I think that that does show a lot about how far she's come as a character as well since coming on the island because she was very submissive when she arrived. She was beaten down and she was uh, very emotionally and mentally abused from first her father and then her husband. Uh, She had made the decision to leave her husband, but now she was stuck on the island. And since being stuck on the island, she has been able to literally shed her outer skin you know, she wears tank tops, she exposes her skin, she has said no, she has drawn the line, uh, she speaks English, she's become very independent, and I think by doing that, by empowering herself to be as independent as she's been, she's even been left by her husband, I mean, her husband left her for a little bit, Yeah. so she's learned how to be by herself, and she's learned that she has a great amount of strength in her, and I think that that's great that that was also displayed. So, you know, you see actual growth in both of the characters individually, but you also see how strong that individual growth has made their marriage. It, it It's beautifully, beautifully written. Yeah. And, and I want to, you know, you talk a little bit about, you, you talked a little bit about how by the end of the episode, we see, you know, Jin wanting to correct a mistake. And I, I personally, that scene with them in the garden at the end of the episode, I know we're kind of skipping around a little bit, but we're still talking about, you know, Jin and Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me was probably, I think, one of my favorite moments from this entire episode. And because seeing. When when they said, I love you to oh, each other. Oh, my God. Tears. When, Tears in my eyes. <laughs> when When she says, I love you. And he says, and he says it back to her in English. Ugh. That to mm-hmm. me said so much more than just, I love you. Well, and she said it, she said it very casually, like something that they say every day. However, you could tell from Jin's reaction that that has not been said to him in a really long time. And I loved, I loved it that it stopped him in his tracks and it stopped her and they looked at each other and, and they realized the kind of the, the gravity of that moment. And then he came down and he reciprocated and he did so in English, like you said, and that, the, oh gosh, one of the most beautiful moments to happen so far on the show. Yeah. I, I'm 100%. no lie. I'm literally getting chills just thinking about Me that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is. I mean, like I said, to say that the way he did, like, as you mentioned, to get down to her level, 
Um, and I don't mean like she's a lower character. I mean, like literally she's kneeling right, down on right. the ground. She's, yeah, he you actually know, did a squat. <laughs> yeah. To, to kneel down to where she is to touch her face and say it in English, you know, <clears throat> speaks so much more than just those three words. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it, you're right. It's, it's one of the most beautiful scenes. It, God, it, it breaks my heart knowing like these so, characters. They're just so tragic. Uh, I yeah, know. Like it really does. Cause you want them to succeed in the mm-hmm. most successful way or in the best way that they can. And you know, it, it's just, they're destined for, for what they're destined for is just, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I know. But you know what? I, I love it that we get these little nuggets of goodness. I think it's wonderful. Um, yeah. So their, their story, ugh, their story is, is just awesome. And, you know, talking about how far they've come, I mean, you see in the very beginning of the episode, it starts with that flashback where, you know, son comes in and, um, you know, some, a really nice little piece of lingerie and Jin is sitting there and there. And I thought, I don't know why I thought it. I thought it was their wedding night because <laughs> of how <laughs> how nervous they both looked or like he looked super confident, but she looked really nervous. It was really strange. And then it turned into this like fight. And, you know, they then you learn they've been trying for a year. They maybe a baby will fix everything. And uh, it, it's like this fight. It, it's it's the fight that anybody that's been married for a while, you always have a fight. Right. And if you guys get into and and if there's even a small little argument, if you let it blow up enough, you'll eventually get to the the fight with a capital T, capital F. Right. Like (laughs) everybody has the one issue in their relationship where if you let an argument get that far, that's that's the end. That's the end. Like you're not nothing's happening that night or the next night, possibly for quite a while. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And it's funny, too, because like watching that scene, I had completely forgotten about that scene until my first watch of this episode. (laughs) And I I swear, I think I literally as I was watching that scene, I'm sitting at my uh, I'm sitting watching. And I think I audibly out loud was going like like (laughs) with those two. And then an audible in my head record scratch. When he looks at her and says, did you (laughs) you take your temperature? temperature? (laughs) And before she even says, isn't that romantic? I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, way to kill the mood, dude. Like, and, and, but that's exactly right. Like that was the way that scene played out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned, you know, having a baby will fix things. I think even me has never been a parent, but you, you know, having two wonderful kids, you know, you, you learn over time by watching other people and some people experiencing it on their own. A baby doesn't fix problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so to hear him say, no, like, it magnifies them. Exactly. So for him to say, well, maybe you're, fu-, and I totally understand his logic of him having an unsafe job and maybe having a baby will make her father kind of give him a safer job. I understand the logic, but it's not the way to approach having a child. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, well, and, then, and that fight, that fight about his job, that's the fight, yeah. right? That's the fight. It, even when they were in the doctor's office and they learned that, you know, well, they learn Jin thinks that she has advanced endometriosis and they can't have a baby, blah, blah, blah. And he says, did you trap me into this? Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, I trapped the son of a fisherman. <laughs> yeah. So. So even even then they're starting to wade back into the fight, right? Um, it, it's the subject that's always there; it never goes away. And I think that the island is is that it's that baby for them. It's the oh, this fixes everything. This is where we can actually be ourselves and be the people that we fell in, lo- in love with before her father got involved into their marriage. And I think this is kind of the the marriage that both of them have always wanted and they were never able to have. Yeah, no, I could, I could totally see that. Uh, but one of the, the fight is taken away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and on that note too, it's one of the reasons why, you know, jumping again towards that final scene with them in the garden together. Mm-hmm. I, I love how that scene started with Jin fixing the plants, replanting the plants that he ripped out. Like that mm-hmm. was already such a good move on his part, but mm-hmm. In that moment where she tells him, 
that she's pregnant, which we'll get to more of that as we further discuss. But when she, that moment where she tells him that he's pregnant or that she's pregnant, um, that elation that he has and that joy in his face, you know, that's pure joy because of the fact that everything that he was he the reasons why he wanted to have a baby the first time you know with his with with her father wanting to get a safer job and how it would fix things none of those problems exist anymore so to hear that you're going to be a father <clears throat> and to feel that happy knowing that like he is simply happy to be a dad he's not he's not happy because this is going to fix things none of those problems are there they don't need to be fixed because they don't exist so now when he's finding out he's a father, this is pure joy in his face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which just made me smile like when he picks her up and spins her around only to be taken down a peg by the news that she gives him next. But, you know, in that that moment, <clears throat> that like that was pure happiness. And that made me smile watching that. Yeah, I agree. But they you you really, really got a sense of who they were, who they are, how, you know, just it. Yeah, great episode for both of them. I I loved I the more we sit here and talk about the two of them is the more I realize that I really do love this episode a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I start to realize I liked this episode a little bit more than I thought. Probably said, so. a little bit more than you yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's purely for them. I mean, it's uh, you, you know, I I read in one of the reviews earlier when the show had first aired like it's it speaks volumes to know that an audience is so engaged in two characters when you can make them read half the episode. Uh, you yeah, know, that's you, right, huh? <laughs> you force them to read half the episode, but people are still engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and because you do, like, it's there's very most of their flashback. There's a little more English in their flashback, but for the most part, it's still in Korean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. So, but you're you know. You're right. <laughs> We're still but you know what? One it. of the best episodes of Fear the Walking Dead I ever saw was, I think, 90%, if not all of it, was Spanish subtitles. Yeah, that's true. That was still, to to this day, probably the best episode of, of Fear that they've ever done. So, you know, if you have a story that's good enough, it's never going to matter how they present it if the story is compelling. Yeah, that's really true. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it speaks volumes about like how like foreign films are and stuff mm -hmm. too. Like, life is know, beautiful. Yeah, like oh my god, uh, Roberto Benigni. Like that's a fantastic movie. Um, I which I haven't seen in years. I love that movie. I should watch that again. I can't. <laughs> Holocaust movies and me. We watch it once. We move on. <laughs> cry. It's you know that I I can't I can't really watch that kind of stuff more than more than once it, you know, it just yeah you know what? breaks you're, my soul in half you're right like schindler's list was one i've only ever seen one time mm -hmm. life is yeah. beautiful i've only ever seen once i think the only and i know we're getting off topic but I, I, I think the only holocaust movie i've ever watched more than once was jacob the liar oh, i haven't seen that one it's a robin williams holocaust movie. Uh, oh gosh which is the reason why i watched it and it's it's yeah. a drama it's not a comedy so it's but just he's such an engaging. You can't make a Holocaust actor. movie a comedy. You can't. <laughs> I, I know. It's the, the closest <laughs> that we'll ever get to that is Life Is Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Right. I don't want to make light of the Holocaust because it's not right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the, that is like the one subject I think that is just you can't do it. Yeah. It's it's just and that like I said, the only reason why I've watched that movie more than once was for Robin Williams. Because mm -hmm. I was such a massive fan, and still am, so I don't want to say yeah. was. Um, but anyway, let's get, let's get back on track and let's get off the Holocaust and <laughs> onto the island. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Strange sentences. So I mean, there's a couple other things we can still talk a little bit about. You know, the the flashbacks with Jin and Son, uh, because you know there is oh god, what is his name? Um, J uh, J Lee. That's it. Uh, you know, it, it, they're leading us to believe at this point that there is still a possibility that Sun did, in fact, cheat on Jin uh, with Jay. But I think uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Do we find out at one point they have indeed slept together? So I was going to ask you the same okay. question because <laughs> <laughs> we all know. Look, 
anybody that's seen the series knows this is absolutely Jin's baby. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, and because I know that I can't, I, I think whatever she did before that, I can't remember. I'm sure, um, anybody listening, if you do know, please, please let me know. Cause I forgot to go and look, but I'm pretty sure that she didn't cheat on him, but I could be wrong. See, I'm thinking that she did. I'm thinking there was a short tryst. I mean, we do know with Jay's character, and again, spoilers for the future, he ends up meeting somebody in the United States, uh, which leads him to leave the United States, which is what actually gives Sun the idea to do the same thing. Uh, but he never makes it because he ends up committing suicide. He jumps out oh, of the hotel window my... of his father's hotel. Well, he probably did that because he loved his... Uh... Oh, no, wasn't he gay? His... Was he? I think okay, the, I think see? the person that he meets in in the United States is a man. And I think is it's it? I think it's after sleeping with son that he realizes he's gay. I oh may be gosh. way off on this. I Well, I, now I now I have to look at it. Yeah. So, I I'm actually looking it up okay. right now. Okay. All right. And yeah, but uh, you're right. I think I don't know. And this is one of the reasons why I like going back and revisiting the show after having not watched it for a while is because there are things about this I don't remember. Um this is definitely one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I swear, I think there was a moment they were together. Uh, but I don't, I don't know for sure. I have his, like, he's the wealthier. Okay. Jay Young Lee was the wealthy son over, son owner of the hotel, the Soul Gateway Hotel. Uh, he attended Harvard. Da, 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 da. Uh, Mr. Pig found out about the, oh. Uh, okay. He taught. There was English. an affair. Yeah, and ended up having an affair with her. He gave her a strand of pearls and asked her to leave for America. Uh, he ordered Jim. Couldn't bring himself. So, do, 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 do. Oh, no. Okay, so there wasn't anybody else. I'm completely wrong about the, him meeting somebody else. Okay. It was uh, Mr. Paik found out about the affair, but insisted, but instead of telling Jin about it, lied to Jin and, and told him Jay was stealing from him, addressing this in terms of honor. He ordered Jin to deliver a message to Jay. Uh, Jin found him and assaulted him, but couldn't bring himself to kill Jay. So he told him to leave the country and never return. Jay, uh, Jay Lee ended up committing suicide. Yep. Jumped out of a window. And landing on Jin's car. And the app <laughs> and the episode... That sucks. That's why I laughed. <laughs> um, and uh, the episode that he died in was called The Glass Ballerina. Yeah. Which I think is season three. Yeah, season three. It's actually the third episode of season three. So we'll be getting to that in the next couple weeks, within like the next month or two. So, but yeah, okay. So there was no, I was mistaken and there was nobody else and he's certainly not gay. Uh, <laughs> so my, my apologies for that. I'm sorry for anybody that has been yelling or <laughs> yes. punching your steering wheel. We're really sorry. <laughs> yes, he wasn't gay, uh, but I was right. They did, they did have an affair. They did have a short affair. So yeah, it's cause there, I mean, there's, there's parts, there's a part later on with Juliet in which. It's it's a matter when they're testing son's pregnancy, whether she had the baby on the island or off the island. It's absolutely one of my favorite favorite Jin and Son moments is when they get that ultrasound. Yeah, because they know that if it was on the island, it's Jin's, and if it was off the island, it's Jay's. So that was when they find out whose baby it really was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, wow, that was more into that flashback than I thought we were going to get into. It, but, <laughs> you know. It, it totally works because hey man we're discover we're rediscovering things too and that's so, fun yeah i yeah, think that that's okay absolutely mm -hmm. uh so we've, we've covered a lot of the gin and sun aspect of the episode what's what what's something else you have in your notes that you wanted to kind of talk about so i ben or henry gale slipped up this episode Ooh, interesting. Um, I and notice. i didn't notice it until my second watch but um when he first is speaking to Anna Lucia, when she first comes in and she says that she was, you know, she landed on the other side of the island and, um, or she, shoot, I should have written this part down. She says that she landed and that, uh, in a different part of the island and somebody else was with her or something. And, and he said, and you walked all the way he over here. 
Um, and that was incredulous. And he, that was really surprising to him. And if he had landed on this side of the island with his balloon and he only stayed on the beaches because the jungle was, you know, dense and dangerous and he was nervous around there and he wanted to try and get air support, how does he know how big that island is? How does he know that it's all the way over there unless he has intimate knowledge of the island? That's a good point. I never really thought about that when he was telling that story. So I think that he slipped up there. And then um, at the end, of course, uh, when he sat there, you know, we know how thin the walls are. We know that he's been listening the entire time with them saying, oh, you know, what should we do with him a couple weeks ago? And he said, you can let me go. (laughs) Yes. So we know that he can hear everything that goes on in the hatch. So he knew that Anna Lucia didn't tell them about the map. He knew that. And he decided to plant that seed of doubt and uh, lay the groundwork for the trust issues anyways. That whole final scene is with him, Locke, and Jack when they're just sitting eating the cereal. Which, by the way, where the hell did that cereal come from? Didn't they empty all the food out of – didn't Hurley give all the food away with the exception of the stash that he has? uh, Which we see him eating the Apollo bar today. Um, Where did that come from? I don't know. Like, they, that was the whole point of the food, was Hurley decided to give it all away. So how do they have Dharma cereal? Like I don't that, know. You know, like, I know you don't know. I'm just venting a minute. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I, you are raising a very good and valid question <laughs> because I, mean. I have the same thought. But, okay. You know. But yeah, that whole final scene, like, it's it's so funny because, you know, watching earlier scenes with Henry and hearing the things that he's saying and how swarmy he could be like you kind of watch that scene and you you kind of watch those scenes and you're like ooh, like this is an evil evil man and i and i and i think this was the episode where i was like the like the first time i saw it i think this was the episode and it because of the reaction i had watching it again this time i think this was the episode where i was like wow i really like this character because by the end of that episode, when he goes into that whole thing about, you know, if I really were one of these people and I sent them off to this, I would have my people there as a trap and everything. And he says, like, and then he, he wraps it up with, it's a good thing I'm not one of those people. By the way, have any milk? And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. I I laughed. Like, and I laughed an evil laugh. Like, th- this guy's a genius. Well, especially since I think you could tell Jack was letting him out as a power play against Locke. Yep. And Locke's surprised at seeing Henry Gale. You know, Ben Linus is a character that that can see weakness. He he knows that Jack and Locke hate each other. He knows that that seems to be a big um a big problem within this group. He saw that Anna Lucia uh kept pretty important piece of of the interrogation uh away from them you know jack and Locke are busy work worrying about Locke and jack i think that that is that is the entire issue of this whole season jack and Locke can't get along and they've decided that instead of just staying away from each other or learning to work together they are passive aggressively manipulating each other through other people and it's ridiculous it's like it's it's playground tactics and Ben Linus has decided, I'm going to use this to my advantage, and I'm going to break you guys down. Oh, he's exploiting the shit out of it. Absolutely is. Absolutely. And it's working. It's working for, It's working on his benefit. Yes, totally. You know, you're right. I think that, that you're right. That whole thing with Jack, Jack letting him out to have breakfast and seating him at the table with Locke, you know, which was just a whole other step. It, you're right. was absolutely a power play against Locke, and, and Henry knows it. Like, and that's why he goes into that whole, that whole thing about like, if I was one of them, he is totally Mm -hmm. putting doubt in their minds. Mm -hmm. Um, He does it very well. He does. And it's so much so that they're, they're so against each other at this point. We, we talked about it last week, uh, about how, you know, if one person said the sky is blue, the other one would intentionally say it's purple. (laughs) And when they go back and say, no, you're right. It was blue. Like they, they would change their opinion, even if they were wrong. 
You yeah. Know, Whatever and, you say, I think the opposite. Fuck you. Yeah. And at That's one point, basically their attitude towards one another. And at one point, Anna Lucia hits the nail on the head, you know, when she says, well, Jack and Locke are too busy worrying about Locke and Jack. Mm hmm. So it's and nobody not, argues that. No, it's not just <laughs> Ben that realizes this. Everybody else in the group realizes these two are at each other's throats. Well, I, you know, and you could really tell that they have this disdain for each other because, you know, Locke is saying, I don't respect you enough to let you shower in private. (laughs) You're right. And then Jack questions Locke, Locke's decision about bringing Anna Lucia in. Like, like he forgot she's a police officer (laughs) and that she was, I mean, Locke was right. If anybody on that island was, was going to question this guy, it was going to be, it should have been the cop. Who who had, you know, separate experience, a lot of experience more than, you know, any of the losties, the tailies had all the experience with with um, with the others. So, you know, he was right in that situation. But Jack, Jack didn't like that idea because it wasn't his idea. Yeah. And, you know, so you have this back and forth between them and you can feel how much they hate each other. It, it makes me wonder if they stayed away from each other while filming. And, and like maybe didn't get to know each other just to like stay in that mindset because it's so palpable, this tension between the two of them. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, uh, the, in that moment when he brings Anna Lucia in, I, I find it so humorous at the same time, too, when, you know, he's like, well, what do you think about Anna Lucia? You know, she's a cop and, you know, she has experience with the others. And Jack, I forget what Jack's response is, but Locke's like, well, I already brought her in. She's in there with him right now. <laughs> It's like, well, okay, like not only am I whipping my dick out to show you it's bigger, but I'm also pissing on your cornflakes while it's out. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's like, all right, so I, I really don't care what you think. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, so Jack gets back at Locke for saying, I know that you're having breakfast, but here's our prisoner. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like really I said, strange. Like I said, sitting him at the table with right. Locke, it's, it's one thing to let him come out when he's a prisoner because Locke wants him locked up, but to then sit him down in front of Locke mm-hmm. was just another like massive, like mine is bigger than yours moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. All it is is a pissing match between the two of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and uh, one of the things that shows that was a huge, huge hint, uh, or not just hint, but statement as to how these guys' train of thought is right now, is there's that moment where Anna Lucia approaches Locke on the beach about, you know, um, uh, I forget what she, what does she initially talk to him about? Why does she approach him? Oh, no, it's Locke. That's right. Locke's the one waiting for her. She didn't approach him. Yeah. She uh, says, you've never said two words to me. Yeah. Uh, but he says in that whole statement that he makes to Anna Lucia, he calls it my hatch. It is his hatch. Oh, it is his hatch. It is. You're right. But like he's it's not say he doesn't say we have a prisoner in the hatch. He says to Anna Lucia, my hatch. He is ex- expressing dominance to that area to Anna Lucia. He, why like other than why else would he do that? Other than to kind of I, I don't Be, know. Make you know, a, I, I, I and I, I see what you're saying. And, and it's a great question. I think some of it has to do with the fact that every single time Locke tries to make a decision or, or take like a step forward, people ask him if he cleared it with Jack first. And I think it's important for Locke to know, okay, Jack can be, you know, your leader or whatever while out here on the beach or in the caves. That's my hatch. I say what goes on in my hatch. And I think that that, that needed to be said. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, I think it needs to be said too. And I think you're right. I mean, I totally agree with you. It is Locke's hatch. Locke discovered it. But yet, yeah, but you know what? Thinking about it even more, going on to your one of the points that you made before about how uh, Jack wants things to be like his decision. Like it's he wants make he wants people to believe it's his idea. Going back to when the hatch was discovered and John was li- and John was trying to get in, who had to butt in and be part of the process to get into the hatch was Jack. You know, mm-hmm. once they were in the hatch, who had to be part of the process into what happens in the hatch? Jack. 
who <laughs> had to be part of the process as to what happens with the food they found in the hatch. Jack. Jack has been butting in to, and I'm sorry to people who are Jack fans. Uh, like, so I'm sorry, Des. I know I'm he's so glad it's not me <laughs> this week. I, I I know Des is a big fan of Jack's, but he has been butting into the process that you're right. If they would have just split the territory, like Jack, like Locke says, the hatch is my territory. The beach is yours. The beach in the cave is yours. You take care of things. I make the decisions here. You make the decisions there. We would not be in the situation that they're in right now. They would not be butting heads the way they are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been two factions that have eventually probably gone to war. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just things would be different right now if they would just stuck to their own area. But I think mm -hmm. and, and Locke has never butt into the decisions made at the beach or at the caves. It's been Jack who's been butting into the decisions in Locke's territory. Yeah, Locke doesn't care. No, he really doesn't. Yeah, like you said, walking in when he just got out of the shower and shaving with, you know, that was giving, awesome. Not giving Jack any privacy. Locke just does not care. No. He's like, well, you know, sorry, dude, but Locker room mentality. <laughs> yeah. There's like how many of us and there's one bathroom. We're going to share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, but that was him saying that he didn't respect him enough to give him any privacy. And so Jack countered with, well, here's the prisoner at your breakfast table. It just the whole thing is just so weird. So did you have anything else though that you wanted to say about Lock and Jack? Um, it's not really necessarily about Locke and Jack, but there, you mentioned the whole uh, – I just – I found this a lot of fun because I actually fell down a hole doing some research on this. Um, you you know, you mentioned how Ben can very – or Henry can very obviously hear through uh, – through hear, the, hear through the door of the, the gun room. And they make that kind of – they subtly make that kind of obvious that you can hear inside that room because there's a moment in the hatch where Locke is listening to music. And you can hear the music being played in the background while Anna Lucia is talking to Ben. So, mm. so you can hear what's happening outside of that room and they make it kind of clear. But one of the things I fell down a hole in is that one of the albums that Locke is holding is the Geronimo Jackson album which we've mm -hmm. gotten mention of before. So I wanted to look into it and I'm like, okay, is Geronimo Jensen really a real group? Because no. I've never heard of them before, but the producers have said, you know, in multiple in instances that yes, they were a very obscure group. Uh, I looked into it. They're not, it was totally made up for the show. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> but Damon Lindelof fought tooth and nail to make people believe this was actually a real group. Like they went on podcasts as guests on podcasts and stated about it. And I think it was, where did I find that it finally came out? Um, like they, they even released music on iTunes as Geronimo <laughs> Jackson to make people believe this was indeed a real group. And yet we <clears throat> couldn't have, a longer version of Hurley's walking rap song. <laughs> That's right. That wasn't a real song. No, it wasn't. And I want it so badly to be a real song. Yeah, I did too. Cause it's, that's one of my favorite moments of that episode. Me too. But yeah, there apparently, um, it, it wasn't until 2010 in a wired magazine article uh, one of the writers, uh, Eddie Kitsis, confirmed uh, that Geronimo Jackson is completely fictional. Uh, the group's music that was done on iTunes was performed by uh, a band called The Donkeys, which was a, a <laughs> an indie quartet based out of San Diego. The horse's ass. <clears throat> well, yeah, and because the, the cover album for the music that they uploaded to iTunes, <clears throat> the name of the, the sing it was just one song. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> Uh, it was one song, but the name of the song was called Dharma Lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's how it appeared on iTunes. So, yeah, they it, it did conclusively come to be in uh, 2010. Uh, it finally came to light that Geronimo Jackson is indeed a fictional band that was made purely for Lost. Liars. So, but, Lying liars. But to fight it for that long... Mm -hmm. And to hide it and make people believe it for that long is kind of really brilliant. 
Well, it also should have just told everybody that we we would never really understand anything about the show because no matter what they threw at us, they were they could just, you know, manipulate us into thinking, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. This is why. Look yeah. at this. Look at this real band that we just created. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this the single that they released on iTunes, uh when we get to that episode, I think it's um I think it's next season. Um, when the episode with Hurley, uh, Sawyer, Jin, and Charlie in the van, mm-hmm. and the Dharma van, uh, and and the hill and all that, when they finally get the van started, the song that's playing on the radio is "Dharma Lady" by Dharma Lady by Geronimo Jackson. Nice, so love it. Yeah, it's it's I I don't know why I fell down that hole, but I did. Uh, sometimes you fall down a hole, and it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun actually, like falling down that hole and doing all that research for it. I've done that so many times with game of Thrones. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So nothing else with, with Jack and, and Locke. I just thought that was a fun little tidbit to go into mm-hmm. uh, with the, I saw the Geronimo Jackson album this again. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to look into it. <laughs> so, which is fun. So what else do you have? Um, <clears throat> hmm. Let's see. Look, taking a look at my notes. Um, I want to talk a little bit, I want to focus more on, uh, well, actually before I go into the Anna Lucia, Saeed and Charlie aspect of the episode, uh, there's one moment with Jin approaching Sawyer on the beach or son approaching Sawyer on the beach for the pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, if you look at the pregnancy test, you can see it's by Windermore, which will, Windermore will come into play. Whitmer. A Whitmer. Is it Whitmer? Widmore. Widmore. Yeah, Wid- not Windermore. Widmore. You're right. Um, which Widmore comes into play later uh, in the series. Uh, so it's another Easter egg. Again, proving that these writers knew where they were going with this show. Because this is like two seasons ahead of when Windmore even comes into play into the, into the series. Uh, they were already planning Easter eggs. But there's that, that interaction with Sawyer and Son. When, you know, she wants to look through and he's like, no, this isn't a pharmacy. And he says to her, well, why don't you tell me what you're looking for? And if I have it, it's yours gratis. And she gets her to reveal or he gets her to reveal that she's looking for the pregnancy test. Sawyer is very smart. We've known this. He's very street smart. He says to son, it's yours gratis, meaning it's yours free. It's not free. Nope, because he got information. He got information. Exactly. That was the cost of getting the pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. That was not free at all. That information was the price. But you know what? I like, gosh, Sawyer. <laughs> I love Sawyer. Um, I loved it when he go when he goes up to Jin. He's like, hey, daddy-o. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then later at the very end of the episode, Jin goes, ah, daddy-o. Yeah, I was like, that's... I love that. <laughs> It, it's so great. To, and, and then when they're like kind of like smiling, realizing, okay, everybody probably already knows. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're lucky if there's anybody <laughs> left to tell. Because well, Jin's like, well, Bernard knows. Uh, that interaction with Bernard and Sawyer on the beach, when you hear Jin listening and it comes, it comes so up. So awesome. Do you, you know that is them legitimately saying stuff? In Korean? No, it's backwards. Oh, very cool. It's like Walt. Yes, and it's a conversation. I actually did some research into that, too. Uh, Bernard says to Sawyer, well, how do you know? And Sawyer says, oh, I have my source. Well, aren't you going to tell him that? Not my place. You should tell him. Hell no. Let Sunshine tell him. <laughs> That's the conversation that Jin, that Jin is hearing all warbled like that. I love the warble. I thought it was great because I've been in so many different situations where People are, so, you know, I'm from Southern California and while I know Spanish to a certain extent, I don't speak it fluently. And um, there are times where I've been in a situation where they're speaking so fast that I just sit there and I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like that, how Jin heard it. And so I loved that perspective. I thought that it was just really well done. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's it's always interesting. It it it's one thing that you know, as you mentioned, having experienced that before. How do you portray that 
on television. Like, how do you portray what somebody who can't understand is hearing? Mm-hmm. And that was a good way to do it. You know, because yeah, because it all sounds like nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Now, to us, we we're over analyzers, so of course, I reversed it, and that's what we got the conversation. But right. but they could have also just warbled it. It didn't have to be anything. You know, but I found right. it, I found it nice that they actually did it so that we could translate it if we wanted to. Yeah. So daddy o daddy o daddy o. <laughs> you're right. At that moment, <laughs> at the end, when Jin's like, ah, daddy o, like daddy o, <laughs> that was just it's so fun. Like I love it. These was characters adorable. So <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing came together. You know, so I I really like that. I like it that he's like, ah, Sawyer did tell me. But, <laughs> yeah, Sawyer does but indeed know because he didn't get mad at Son. For, you know, other people knowing first, like Jack and Kay and Sawyer because of, you know, everything else. And that that's a lot of growth from Jin as well, because Jin could have been like, excuse me, I'm your husband. I should be the one to know, blah, 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 blah. Like old Jin would have absolutely said that. But new Jin, new Jin's like, oh, daddy-o, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing I want to bring up about that whole beach scene, and then I'll turn it over to you for something else that you have. But how adorable was it that Bernard is looking for oysters so he can give a pearl to Rose? The whole Bernard and and Rose just I we we barely had them in this episode and I loved every second of it because <laughs> not only did he's like sitting there and he's go trying to go for oysters with this tangled up net and, and he could barely catch fish as it is that we learned and but I loved it before because Rose is like oh don't mind him he's mad at the world I I am not blah 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 like. <laughs> They're the most adorable couple. They were separated for 48 days and they just go right back yep. into their, their ham and egging it. And I just thought it was wonderful. I thought everything about that was just beautiful because when you find your person, like Rose and Bernard found, you know, they were without their person then they find their person. It was, you find your person and it's like everything, the whole, it doesn't matter where you are. The whole world just kind of falls away and you're just living life with your person. Yeah. It just, everything, it doesn't matter how far apart you are. Right. Things just fall back into place. Or like, like he goes, I don't know what day it is. She's like, it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> ah. And all of this happens because he, <laughs> he, he forgot her birthday. And that's, and I love that. He's like, yeah, like, I don't even know what day it is. It's Saturday, Bernard. Like, Saturday, it's, I love it. <laughs> and like I said, it's how adorable is it that he's trying so hard? Like he wants to make up for the fact that he forgot her birthday. I know. Even though he has a legitimate reason for forgetting. I know. Uh, you know, like, you know, they've been separated for how long? And yes, he probably lost track of what day it is. I, I don't know if I would have remembered what day of the week it is, you know, being I would there for that lose long. lose all concept of time. Um, you know, so he's trying so hard and what's he do? He tries to find oysters and hope that he can find a pearl. The chances of finding a pearl in an oyster are already astronomical. Uh, uh, he's a dreamer. And he, he is, but it's, that's what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, I love it. It was so, I, I love the injection of Rose and Bernard in this episode too. I just, <laughs> so Saturday, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> and i and i love that like they're just the interactions that we get with them that's pretty much how it is for the rest of the series Mm -hmm. yeah they're just old reliable yep i I love it i love it so much i so i had to bring that up when we were talking about different things oh that was on my list of things to talk about oh okay I'm, i'm glad that you did what's something else that's on your list i love the fact that saeed found a way to forgive Ana Lucia. And uh, I I don't know that I'm that big of a person. Um, You know, Dave and I are catching up on Fear the Walking Dead right now. I know this is the second time I brought it up, which is weird because I don't love that. It's not the Holocaust, so we're good. Yeah, but I don't, (laughs) it's, it's not like I like love that show. Like I love, you know, other shows. It's just, two different parallels but um there is there's a pretty shocking death on fear the walking dead and then the person that killed that person and then a family member they're kind of teamed up together you probably know what i'm talking about do and uh we've been watching that and 
I I just keep saying I, I I'm not that big of a person. If you killed somebody that I love, I am not that big of a person. I know this about me. I will never forgive you. I I, I I'm sorry. I I even if it's an accident, I would have a hard time ever looking at you in the face again. And Saeed, because of his history, because of what he's done in the past, because of the of of the people that he has been forced to kill or, or, or whatnot. It's like, he's telling Ana Lucia, it was a mistake. You were protecting your people. You, you were doing what you thought was right. It's the others that killed him. And it's probably what Saeed tells himself. He says, it's not me that tortured and killed these people. It's the people I was working for. They made me do it. I was the vessel in which it happened, but I didn't do the killing. And it's an interesting perspective and it lets Ana Lucia off the hook, at least as, as far as Saeed is concerned. And I just think that that says so much about his character and his capacity of forgiveness and his capacity for mercy. Um, and even him taking his own future into consideration, even when he has been hurt as deeply as he has been hurt. So I, I found that whole exchange between Saeed and Ana Lucia to be very um, moving almost, you know, yeah. especially Ana Lucia was so vulnerable to him. You know, she said, people don't like me. I gave up on people liking me a long time ago. I, I tried to get them to like me, but it turns out I'm not likable. And I have felt that way in the past personally uh, many times that I'm just an unlikable person and maybe people will never like me and maybe I should just throw up a whole bunch of walls and, and not like them back and fuck you, you know? Um, and it takes a while to be able to bust through those walls and to get to that vulnerability, which obviously she feels when she's with Saeed because she hurt Saeed and that, took down any sort of toughness that she puts up around herself because she did the worst thing possible by killing the woman that he loves. So how can she be abrasive to a person that she has done an ultimate hurt to? And I like that dynamic a lot. And I think that it, it was played out really well between um, Michelle Rodriguez and Naveen Andrews. No, I, I agree with you completely. And, and the vulnerability that she showed in order just to, to be able to apologize, not only that, but to just even approach Saeed for help. You know, this is a man that you've, as you mentioned, like you, you murdered the person that he loves. And mm -hmm. this is somebody who shouldn't have any reason to forgive you, even though it was totally an accident. You would understand if they never forgave you. So for her to even open up enough to ask him for help, even before the apology even happened, mm -hmm. you know, says a lot about her character. And it's really a shame because this is one of those moments in the series that, you know, they've kind of. I don't want to say they vilified Anna Lucia, but they kind of made her, you know, an, an outsider for a while. And this is that episode that they kind of reel that in and make her a likable character again and somebody who could really be a part of this group only to rip that away from the viewers in like two episodes. I know. It's a shame because you're right. You're right. She, her, the episode started off with, with Locke coming to her for something. She was a part of the group by being the softer touch in an interview with the, with the prisoner at the hatch. Um, and then she went to Saeed and Charlie, who she doesn't know to help her with the map. So she's integrated herself into this group and it's happened oddly organically. It, it, it's not forced. And she does she she seems to be very careful in this episode, careful when she approaches Saeed. She's cautious when she talks to Locke. She's soft when she interviews um, Henry Gale. So her character has already made a lot of changes since she accidentally killed Shannon. And uh, it, it's nice to see the evolution of that character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, too, we only have, I think, four more episodes with Anna uh, before you know, her fate is sealed with, um, you know, within this series. So it, it, it's great to see the character turn around and us grow to start to like her. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a little too late at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what, it's, it's one of those things too, that you, it's actually kind of smart at the same time to turn her character around and make us likable and make her likable to us. Because by the time her death comes, 
we're a little bit more taken by it. Like if if she was still an outsider, we wouldn't have been as affected by her death. So I guess maybe it was kind of smart to turn her around and make her more of the group again, because so that mm-hmm. this way, when it actually does happen, we're there's more feeling to it from the viewers. Yeah, they did a really good job with with um, with that. I agree. Yeah, because I, I, I know for sure there's another character we lose at the same time that we lose Anna Lucia. And I have definitely felt it more for Anna Lucia than I did for that other character. Yeah, agreed. So um, I only have one other thing left on my list. I got nothing else. You got nothing else. All right. So then I'm, I'm going to wrap with this and I'm going to kind of see if maybe you feel the same way about this that I do. Okay. Um, first off, I want to say, even though he was the one that, you know, uh, kidnapped son uh, from the garden and, and played the whole aspect of, you know, Sawyer's power play for the guns. Uh, it was nice to see a little bit of the old Charlie return, uh, you know, and being a little bit of the levity for the situation that Anna and Saeed are in. Uh, I think it was smart to have Charlie go with them on that journey uh, because I got papayas and I got papayas. <laughs> well, you know, cause Anna and Saeed are these two dynamic characters with this connection that I think you kind of needed somebody else there to kind of keep that connection a little loose. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it was smart to have, I think Hurley would have been They're a little intense. Yeah, exactly. But on that note, I want to say that I feel like Saeed and Anna Lucia, while I love their characters and I love the whole dynamic of the apology and everything, not too bright in this episode. Uh, there are two glaring things to me that made me second guess their uh, their intelligence. Oh, tell me. Um, the first one... Um, is the fact of, and it kind of goes, it ties a little bit into what Henry says at the end of like, if I were one of them, I would set this up as a trap. Did these two not think about that? Like this could totally be a trap. Like you look at these two characters and who they are and what they've been through as Anna already having dealt with the others before Saeed having tortured people and seeing the traps that Danielle has set. Did they not consider once that this whole thing could be a trap? (laughs) <laughs> not once did they consider you're that. totally right i didn't even consider it either until ben started saying it but i'm not you know an iraqi uh torturer <laughs> or a cop so you know i mean maybe they thought that if i'm a were, mom <laughs> yeah i mean well in some ways that's even more dangerous um <laughs> you know but maybe they felt that if it was a trap they could handle it so they never second guessed it i don't know but for me of all people these two people should have at least thought this could have been a trap that's one thing yeah i agree that's a great point that i didn't even think of that's a good point the other one how did you not realize at the moment charlie had a gun he was involved with sawyer's taking of the guns damn because Sawyer had all the guns, how did Charlie get one unless he helped? How did you not? You're a fucking cop. <laughs> you re- you realized he had a gun on him, but it didn't click that. How would he have gotten that gun if he wasn't an accessory to Sawyer's thing? To Sawyer's You're plan? absolutely right. You're absolutely right. These are these are two things that were very glaring to me watching this episode that I was like, wait a minute. Of all the characters, these two characters didn't realize this? Well, especially, I mean, you know, Ana Lucia is sitting there and she's like, I, I see the gun in, in your pants. So uh, you're right. A, a cop should have been like, where did you get that gun? Yeah. There are no guns. One person has all the guns. How did you get this? Yeah. You know, even if you didn't accuse him. And the person that has the guns, he's not very uh, sherry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wouldn't that make you kind of start thinking, wait a minute. What's that song? Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) But I mean, those were, they were two things. And I didn't realize them until my second viewing of the episode. 
The first, the first viewing, I was like, I didn't think anything of it. And then my second episode, when I was taking notes, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's a great point. How did you not pick up on this? Like, such a good point. I understand when all the guns were taken and Saeed was there helping. Like, I, I understand in that whole situation, not realizing that he probably had help because you're still in shock of everything happening. Mm hmm. But when you're in this situation, like, I, I just don't get how you didn't, like, that didn't click. So, but that was it. That was all I really had left that, like, of those two things. But yeah, once you unpack the episode, it's actually a much better episode than at first glance. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, you know, I, I started the podcast by saying it wasn't fantastic, but it was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And now that we've talked a little bit more about it and broken it down and gotten each other's perspectives on it mm-hmm. you're right it's it's a much better episode than we thought mm-hmm. maybe i'll feel that way about game of thrones eventually <laughs> i'm not getting into that with you no 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 <laughs> i'm not getting into that with you on this no, no 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 you shouldn't you shouldn't so although uh, we had a nice discussion beforehand and i was very lovely <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'm your i'm your uh, i'm your your vent I'm, I'm yeah. your vent station, which is fine because you're vent station because you're mine too, so it works out. <laughs> uh, so nothing else from you. Nope, I'm as, good as far as that goes. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really I can't wait for next week's episode because yeah. uh, next week's episode of Lockdown is just there's so much that happens in that episode, uh, and we get to watch it together. I know, I'm excited, and we get yeah, we get to watch it and podcast about it together yep. which is going to be great meanwhile, my husband will be there and he'll yeah. be like oh, i hate my life <laughs> i was just gonna say meanwhile your husband will be on my couch like playing playstation or something right while we're like, you recording. guys are nerds <laughs> <laughs> as he comments on game of thrones stuff online yeah well you know what are so, you gonna do <laughs> it's so funny too because i know in your house podcast like a podcast when you guys were reading feedback you read your own husband's feedback and you were like well dave says and i'm like well, that's her husband i know who that is which is <laughs> uh but speaking of feedback we have feedback of our own like that segue that's a good segue you got in i did i liked it I thought it, was <laughs> it takes away when i say like that was a good segue but still yeah didn't i, I do care. a good job didn't i do a good job <laughs> How'd I do? How'd I do? I'm like a traveler. Validate me. <laughs> Great. We're going to get comments now. Ben needs validation all the time. Yeah, it's okay. Um, that's all right. Uh, but yeah, as I mentioned, we do have feedback of our own, and we encourage you guys to leave us feedback, and there are multiple ways that you can do that. Uh, first and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lostrevisited. We are on Instagram at lostrevisitedpod. Uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. So let's kick things off and we'll play our voicemail from Steve first. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve. And uh, this is for The Whole Truth from Lost. And I love the line from Analysia, Jack and Locke are a little too worried about Locke and Jack. I thought that was great. I thought the reversal of names was cool, too. And uh, loved, absolutely love Hurley. He's so, just he gives that moment in the episode when we can kind of take a breath, you know, and he runs into son and, and both of them, uh, if they make this conversation go too long, they're going to have to lie to each other. So he's just like, later, dude, and he just keeps going. Um, then I uh, I wrote this down because I want to make sure I get it uh, correctly. I, at the beginning of the episode, we see a bit of the old Jin uh, coming out. And do you think that is he just being is it is it the old Jin or is he just being overprotective um, or is it a bit of both? And I, I think it's a bit of both because he's still learning how to correctly deal with his relationship in a decent way. I mean, he's been this this guy who uh, has was hard and rough uh, on his wife and. Uh, I don't know if he ever like physically abused her. I don't think we saw that. We definitely know that he had anger issues. And so he's still learning kind of how to be decent. And we see that at the end that he is learning and he tells her. And I think it's it's not just English he's asking her for. He's, he's asking her to teach him how to be decent, how to be a good person. And um, I know from my memory that later on that she doesn't actually tell him the whole truth. I don't know if she ever does eventually tell him about the affair that she had that still made her wonder. 
but I do I do remember enough of this storyline that they do figure out that the baby is Jen's from the the gestation period once they get that down the road. Anyway, um, just a, a really good episode. I, I really started to look at and focus on the Jen and son relationship more since I heard you uh, you all talking about it. Talk to you later. I love Steve. Yeah, I love when he leaves his voicemails too. Um, which he does a lot. He does for a lot of different podcasts, which I think is great. He's always our last our last voicemail on House Podcastica. Hashtag, always. Hashtag, hashtag Steve. We are Steve. Or we are Steve. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I, I think, Steve, we did talk a little bit about that, about how whether or not that was being driven by fear or if he's, uh, you know, going back to the old gin. And I think he, I think Steve's right. I think it's and I think we talked a little bit about that. It is a little bit of both. He's he's obviously acting out of fear for for son uh, with everything that happened to her. But I think Steve's right in the point that, you know, he is still learning and, you know, he his heart is in the right place. It's just a matter of how he's approaching it. Uh, cool. Yeah. So Steve, thanks again for the voicemail. We encourage you guys to leave us voicemail for, uh, you know, any future episodes that we have, uh, coming up. So, and we already told you the ways to do that, but I think that is almost just, I think that's just about it for this week's podcast. Uh, any final notes before we, um, we get Mm. ready to get out? Nope. I'm good. Yeah. I got nothing else. I mean, the only other thing I can say is, you know, we encourage you guys to check out all the other podcasts on both the Next Level and Podcastica Networks. Uh, I know uh, right now you guys are in the heat of House Podcastica because of Game of Thrones being in its final season. I know. I know how you feel about that after this last episode. We are in the heat. And (laughs) heap of shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I'm I'm in agreement with you on a lot of your points of that episode. But we're not going to get into that. Uh, I know uh, DC Primetime is we're getting ready to talk all of the season finales of all of the shows, which have uh, aired two this week and two next week. So next we're taking a break this coming Sunday uh, for Monday, and we're uh, going to put it off for about a week so we can talk about rather than two this week, two next week. We're just going to do a big season finale bonanza and talk about all four of them at one time. Bonanza! Uh, <laughs> in two weeks uh and then that will actually wrap our our fall season of dc primetime and then we start gearing up for our summer season which is we start talking about all the shows on the uh the dc universe streaming service which is going to be a lot of fun oh cool but uh yeah other than that i got nothing else to say if you've got nothing else to say we uh we can get out of here i'm good daddy-o <laughs> oh daddy-o daddy-o uh, cool. So with that being said, thank you for listening and being a part of the family of this podcast, as well as all the other podcasts on both networks. Uh, until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye, daddy We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!